Welcome to the Marketing for Farmers podcast. I am your host, Kendall Ballantyne. In this podcast, I bring you proven advice to grow your farming business online. This week, we're switching things up, and I'm sharing a recording of my weekly free Instagram live training where I answer real-world questions from this community. Let's jump on in. So it is that time of the week where I join you for my weekly live Q&A, Coffee with Kendall. So I'll let a few folks get signed in, but I've got a good list of questions for you today that we're going to go over. If you've yet to ever join me, my name's Kendall. I am a farmer just outside of Vancouver, British Columbia, as well as the owner of a business called Marketing for Farmers, where I give you tangible tips to help you grow your business online. You may notice that there is a mic here today, and the reason for that is I have decided to upload these live weekly Q&As to the podcast. That way, if it isn't easy and accessible for you to be able to join me live or watch the videos, you'll be able to put me into your headphones, listen to me while you're driving, while you're working, and you'll be able to get this information from me each week that way. I just want to make sure it's accessible for you. So if you have any questions for me, I've got a good list that has been submitted to me already this week. But if you have a question, it's easiest to drop it into the little speech bubble with the question mark. That way it doesn't get lost um, in the mix of people commenting and joining. So to start off today, we're going to talk about um, the question, what should the initial post look like when starting a business on social media? So this is a great one. If you are starting a brand new business on social media, it is important that you take a few steps to make sure that you are hitting the ground running. And one of those things is making sure that you are not starting with just a single post and going out into the world and finding followers. You want to make sure that you are filling your feed with approximately 9 to 12 posts before you go out and start engaging with the community and trying to get that community building. The reason for it is that it's a lot less likely that somebody is going to follow you back if they go over to your page and all they see is one or two posts because they don't get a good idea of what you're going to be all about. So it's important to take a look at what your potential content pillars are going to be. And because it's a new business and you're just starting to take it online, you may not have a clear idea or some of those content pillars may shift. But looking at an idea of what could those content pillars be. So for me, for example, one of mine is me because I need to be showing up in my feed. One of them is going to be family because I like to share my family in social media. One is animals. One is events farmers markets, I do quote cards, and one of them will also be recipes. So you'll want to come up with some of the different styles of posts that you'll be doing and making sure in that first nine to 12 that you're getting a good variety of what people can expect when they follow you. I would also suggest making sure your first post is of you and maybe why you're starting this business, why you got into farming, whatever information as an introduction to the social media world, making sure that that's your first post and getting a nice little variety of what people can expect from you. Once you have those first few posts, it makes it easier to go out and start hitting up people who you want to follow you and who you want to follow. Because the last thing that you want to do, like I said, is have people come over and they only get one photo and they don't get a really good idea of what you're all about when you're trying to follow it. 
like build your following. For sure, your mom and your good friends and things like that will follow you when you only have one photo. But it's nice to be able to just get that bank fast before you have people following you so it doesn't seem like you're spamming people as well. Because you could start your account and do all 12 of those before you have a single person following you and then go out into the world and start building that following and letting people know that you're online. So that would be my suggestion when you're just starting out. The next question that I got is how to best organize your photos and videos. So I do this in two different ways. On my computer, anything that is important, any content that I don't want to lose, that I want to make sure they're good quality photos, they're good videos, that gets loaded into Google Drive. So the reason I put them in Google Drive is that it keeps it secure off of my computer. So if anything were to ever happen with my computer and it's happened, I've had a laptop go missing on me. So when I lost my laptop, had I not had those documents backed up, I would have lost them. So I organize everything into Google Drive. The other nice thing about that is it keeps larger files off of my phone, but I can still access them through an app. So I have the Google Drive app on my phone. Then if I have somebody reach out to me like a news reporter or something that wants to be able to feature us and needs a photo right away, like a headshot or something like that, I can fire that over right away directly from my Google Drive. When it comes to photos that I'm just, they're not that important. They're just photos that I want to be able to keep. I keep those in folders on my iPhone. So I organize folders as I've got one with favorites and that is not necessarily the best folder for organizing. That one's just kind of where I put things like um, my hex codes for my color scheme for branding, a few things like that. But then I have folders like family, chickens, pigs, cattle, food, markets, events, those content pillars that I was talking to you about with the last question, you want to make sure that you have folders that are named after your content pillars, that you're going to put any photos that you have taken that you want to be able to keep to later use on social media. I'm a really big advocate that when you take photos for social media, don't just take the one that you need in that moment. If you're going to take the time to take some photos of, you know, you're doing some planting and you're planting a row, don't just take one photo. Take a photo that's landscape, one that's portrait, you know, one from up above, one from down low. Even if you're just looking for that one photo in the moment, taking three or four and dropping the rest of those over into the folder that is appropriate, like planting, then it gives you an opportunity when you have days that you are too busy and you need other content, or you just need a backdrop in Instagram stories to put some writing over, or you need something for your newsletter. You've got different options and different sizes and, and configurations to be able to pull from. So that's how I do it. Again, any photos that I need and I want to be able to keep ones that aren't going to be easily replaced, like professional photos, or just when you get that really great photo on the farm that you know you're going to want to use, even if it's an iPhone photo, making sure that I drop that into Google Drive so that I don't lose, lose that content. We want to be able to make social media easier for us and making sure that we have a bank of photos available is going to do that for you. The other benefit to Google Drive is you can log in from any computer and you can access those documents. Just one second, just got a question here. Okay, awesome. So I will get to that question. The next one is what legal necessities need to be in place before you start an email list or a web page? Should I hire a lawyer or DIY? Okay, I'm going to start this by saying I am not a lawyer. So this is the information to the best of my knowledge and keeping in mind I am also Canadian. So the laws in the US are going to be a little bit different. 
when you create content for your website, you are covered under copyright law. Whether you file for anything or not, when you are the creator of the content, so the taker of the photo, when you are the writer of the content, you are covered under copyright law. You can add a disclaimer or a reminder to folks at the bottom of your email footer that reminds people that just says um, the content of this website is covered under the copyright under copyright and you can put your your personal name, your business name, however your company is registered, just as a reminder to folks that you are um, that they your content is covered by a copyright law. You can also put in terms and a privacy policy on your website as well. You can put some information in there in your terms that says that if anybody is wanting to use any photos or content from your website, that they need written permission from you first. That will hopefully help you um, if somebody isn't aware that they just can't take photos from you um, because they are covered under copyright. I have had an issue before. I had a local farmer make a complete duplicate of my website. And the only section of my website copy that they changed was their about us because they were male farmers and I'm obviously not. So my about us didn't make sense, but they otherwise copied absolutely word for word every single page of my website. So with that, I was able to prove um, through a program that you can use on the computer that proves that my website copy was written before them. It can go back and it looks at historical um, times. So I could go back and show that that content had been put on my website two years before it had ever been put on their website. So I was able to prove that. It didn't take a whole lot. I didn't have to get lawyers involved. Um, I made a very strongly, strongly worded phone call followed by a strongly worded um, email from myself, a written letter. Um, if, had, if they had not removed it, it would have gone, I would have taken it to a lawyer because they were taking all of my company information and using it as if it was their own. Um, so that was brought to my attention by somebody else, but I wouldn't have needed to have seen a lawyer for me to have been protected because under default, I'm protected by copyright. Um, as far as email, you wanna make sure that you're following anti-spam laws. The beautiful thing is though, is that the email service providers, as long as you're using an email service provider that's made for doing newsletters instead of just creating your own on your own Gmail account, then they put in place the things that need to happen. They put warnings in when you're adding email addresses. For example, it says, do you have the person's permission to add this email address? because you need someone's permission in order to be able to add their email address. You can't just go and somebody sent you an email personally and you just went and added them to your email newsletter. They have to have given permission to, to join. So those email service providers, they give you a notification in case you weren't aware of that, it'll remind you. Other laws are, for example, you need to have an, an address, a mailing address in the footer of your email newsletters that will by default be added by the service provider. The thing is things like MailChimp and Flowdesk and ConvertKit, they want you to be following the laws. They don't want you to be breaking the law. So they put in those kinds of safeguards to make sure that if you're not aware, they'll make you aware of it. So. I personally don't see a real reason to be getting a lawyer involved in simply starting a website or simply um, starting an email newsletter unless you have a service that's outside of, of agriculture and it's something that you would need to get that involved. Again, I'm not a lawyer, but I've never had a lawyer involved with doing my website. Just doing a website, you already have, you're already covered under certain laws. And as long as you're making sure that you're not spamming people and adding people to your email newsletter list without permission, you shouldn't run into any problems with that either. Also, a reminder, disclaimer, I'm from Canada, so our laws may be different from where you are. So next up, um, and this is a really good question that I actually get asked a lot. When posting on social media, how much do you share about your kids? 
do you have safety concerns? Um, okay, oh, sorry, somebody just asked, how did I find out that they copied my website? I actually was doing um, SEO, I was doing SEO check on my website and I was pulling some sentences out and I was Googling some things on my website to, with SEO and it came back as an exact duplicate when I was checking some of the ranks that I was doing and I clicked over to it and I could tell obviously that it was my copy. Um, and then about a day later, I had somebody also send me an email and say that they noticed that the email or that the copy was identical to my website. So we had a double whammy. Um, so the question about how to post to social media with your kids, that's gonna be a personal preference for you. When I first started on social media, I was 27 um, when I started marketing the farm, when I opened up the farm and I have stepkids, so I am not their mom. So to me at that time, Jagger was six. And to me, I wanted to make sure that I was being thoughtful to their mom because I am not their mom. It is not, I didn't wanna put myself in a position and I didn't wanna put her in a position that she felt uncomfortable by me including her kids in my marketing of my business. She never had an issue with it. Um, it was something that we had talked about, um, but I wanted to make sure that I was being extra careful as a meat producer in an area that is a lot more likely to have animal rights activists. Um, we live in, I live outside of Vancouver, so we do have more issues here than in some other places. We also are in a very populated community. So I wanted to be a bit more careful when Jagger was the eight, was six um, and Georgia was nine at the time. So I was a little bit more careful then um, than I am now. Jagger is now grown man size, so I'm not as concerned. He's a really big kid and he he's now a teenager. So now I don't have an, as much concerns, but I definitely at the beginning, I eased the kids into social media and I made sure that never are the kids on social media if they aren't comfortable on social media. I wanted to make sure that the kids understood that they were, you know, being posted on social media and the kids never had an issue with it. Um, Jay never had an issue with it. Their mom didn't have an issue with it. Um, so it was really just me being extra cautious. I also am aware of things like I coached their basketball in elementary school. I didn't post photos of the kids in their jerseys um, because I didn't want to draw attention to what school they went to. Um, again, that's all perhaps extra level than what other people would do but they're not my babies so I owe I owe their parents extra care and intention um, because that decision shouldn't be mine to make so I was extra careful with that um, when it comes to things now the kids have their own social media I don't tag them in social media like when they're in Central Park Farms social media they do not get tagged I do not promote my customers and my followers to following the kids that's just my um my thing the kids also don't comment on my social media posts i don't they're teenagers now i don't monitor like that's not my again stepmom i i don't monitor their social media so i want to make sure that i'm not allowing my customers to go over or people who follow me and go over and like start following my 16 year old. So we don't, we don't do that, but um, I've never had any problems with it. The kids have never felt uncomfortable. The only people and our community has been really great. And the only time that anyone ever comes up to us in public, they have never come up to Georgia or Jagger in public. They have only ever come up to me or Jay. And I think part of that is we don't do too much sharing, but also I think that people under, who follow, like we've built a really great community on social media. And I think people realize that that's, that's weird and that they aren't going to come up to them. 
the only time I ever, because the rest of that question was, do you ever have problems with creepers? Um, I have. Uh, normally the issues only come to me. They don't go anywhere else. And I found, um, I found a benefit when I really started to put Jay on social media a lot more. At the beginning, it was just me on social media. When the six foot eight Dutch farm boy started showing up on social media, that died down a little bit more. Um, and I've never really had anything that's been weird. Jay gets weirded out by it more than I do. Um, it doesn't bother me at all, but Jay will have somebody come up to, he gets people that come up to him and say, oh, you're Central Park Farm's husband. And then he's like, this is weird because he doesn't have social media at all, but he's gotten really good about it. At the beginning, it was a little bit weird for him to be recognized out in public because he isn't on social media and he doesn't do anything to do with social media. So it took a little bit of getting used to for him. Um, But yeah, when it comes to the kids, we're just now they're teenagers, so we don't have the same sort of safety concerns with them and they aren't concerned and they don't mind being on it. There are sometimes times where Georgia will say to me like, hey, I don't want to be on social media. Cool. They aren't. If I pull out my camera and I see that she kind of like deeks her face at 16, I'm like, you don't need, like, I wasn't even filming you anyway. So I was filming me. So I'm just really, um, make sure that I'm respectful of the kids' privacy. If they don't want to be on social media, they don't have to be. They don't need to be part of the marketing of the business. They've just chosen to want to be. So that's where that comes from. Um, I also got a question on what I do for invoicing, what programs I use for invoicing. So when I started out, I used a program called Wave. It's free unless you accept payments, like unless they do payment processing for you or unless you do payroll through them. It's a free program to use. And that was the reason that I used Wave when I first started is that I was just looking for an inexpensive option. It's really user friendly. It's a great program. Um, The only downfall for me is when I eventually outsourced my bookkeeping and we grew I needed to switch over to QuickBooks. I needed something more robust that was better handled by my bookkeeper or my accountant that they had a better handle on it. So QuickBooks is what we ended up switching over to. It is a very big pain, apparently. I only know this from my bookkeeper, Amy. Amy told me it's a pain to transfer from Wave to QuickBooks. It's not like you can just integrate them and transfer them over, likely because Wave does not want you to leave their program because the goal is that they want you to do credit card processing and payments through them, which I used to do. So I used to send invoices and people could pay um, by credit card on their invoices and it would pay through Wave. I never did payroll through them. I do payroll directly through Amy. Um, but I did I did accept payments through Wave. She said it was a little bit hard to make that transition. So if I was starting over now and was planning to take this as like, a, I'm going to have a serious business, I would probably set up QuickBooks from the start just so I didn't have to deal with that transition. Um, but Wave is great if you're not doing a ton of invoicing and you're just looking for an invoicing software. It was really, really great for me for, and I used it for probably three years. So that's definitely an option and it keeps your costs down. Um, And then the last question that I have here is I typically cross post from Instagram to Facebook. Is that okay? Mm, It's better than nothing. So it's better than nothing. However, I'm not a huge fan of using the cross posting option inside of Instagram And that's because I'm all about building community. I want people to comment on my posts. I want to have that back and forth interaction. A, that's really great for the algorithms. But B, I want to build a community because people buy from people that they know, like, and trust. And that doesn't happen from a one-way communication. That happens when you start to build that back and forth with your customer. 
And it is very hard to build community when people on social media know that you are not living inside that app. I don't expect you to be in it all the time, but if you're using cross-posting from Instagram to Facebook, it's really obvious inside of Facebook that you didn't bother logging in to make that post. So if I'm, as a, as a follower, know that you're never inside of Facebook and you're just in Instagram hanging out with all the cool kids on Instagram and not loving on the people in Facebook, why would I take the time to, to comment? That's not being rude. I might still absolutely love your content and be happy that I'm getting it. Maybe I'm not on Instagram, but when you put a call to action at the bottom of that that post that's like, hey, share your favorite comfort food recipe with me. Like you shared a chili and then you're like, what's your favorite recipe to, to have on a cold day? I'm not writing an answer because why would I take the time if I know you're not in there to read it? It feels it feels less less authentic and less engaged when it's just shared over. Not to mention there's stuff that shares over that doesn't work. Like when you tag in Instagram, in the copy in Instagram, that tag doesn't translate over to a clickable tag in Facebook, making it really obvious. If you drop your hashtags in the caption of your Instagram, that doesn't translate over to Facebook as easily. Facebook doesn't use hashtag they do use hashtags but not like Instagram does so when you have 30 hashtags that are transferring over into Facebook it's really obvious that this wasn't Facebook that this wasn't a post made for Facebook it was a post made for Instagram that you're just posting over so to me I always want to make sure and I do this myself like I share across but but when I do share across it doesn't have a tag in it I don't drop my hashtags in my caption. I drop them in the first comment. So it looks less obvious that it's transferring over. And I also make sure that I am doing Facebook only content over in Facebook as well. So that not everything that goes to Facebook is just a transfer over. That said, I understand and I am an advocate on getting a handle on one account if one account is all that you can do. So I get it, it's better than nothing. Just don't expect a lot of growth when you're not taking the time to go into the account and you want to make sure I would rather see one account done really well than a bunch of accounts done really mediocre and you want to make sure that things like for instance it's not saying you can't have duplicating content like if you shared that you um, restocked the online store and you did that as an Instagram post and you said check out the link in my bio if you want to shop you need to make sure that that writing doesn't say check out the link in my bio to shop because the link in the bio doesn't exist in Facebook so in Facebook I would actually take the link and share the link in the copy of my Facebook post. So just making those tiny tweaks, don't make don't take as much time as making a completely different post, but it feels like you were in there because you were in there and you actually left the post in there on on your own instead of just letting the program cross post for you. So I would say that would be a better option for you, but again, something is better than nothing. I guess I would just try to, whenever possible, make some little changes along the way to make it so that your Facebook audience feels like you care about them as much as your Instagram audience does, even if you prefer to be an Instagram. And there's no shame in only running one. Like if you only want to do Instagram, just do Instagram. You definitely don't need to feel like you need to take on all the accounts. I will recommend, though, that you have a very clear idea of who your ideal customer is and make sure that your ideal customer actually hangs out on the platform that you want to spend your time on. My customers are not on Snapchat. 
my teenagers might be, but my customers aren't. So I'm certainly not going to go hang over on Snapchat. My customers are also at this point, not really on TikTok in a level that I want to be spending a bunch of time on TikTok. I don't have enough time to juggle all of the all of the different platforms, so I pick and choose where my ideal customer is and put my time in there instead of spreading myself too thin where I don't really succeed at any of the platforms. So that's just my tip for that. Yeah, again, you, you can do the cross-posting, just be, be cautious of it and make sure that you are putting some content in Facebook alone. Awesome. Thanks, you guys, for coming and hanging out with me. So I will be back with you live I believe one more time, I'm going to Oklahoma soon, so I won't be doing it when I'm in Oklahoma, but um, I will be coming to you one more time before Oklahoma. So if you have questions for me for next Saturday, I'll be with you at 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. If you've got more questions for me, make sure you um, let me know, send me a DM, watch for the question box that I include in Instagram stories. And then I will be in Oklahoma, so I'll be missing a week when I'm there, but I will be sharing tons of training while I'm in Oklahoma for the Five Marys Retreat. So have a great day, you guys, and I will see you later. If you enjoyed this episode of my live training, Coffee with Kendall, be sure to come and hang out with me on Instagram. I go live every Saturday at 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, and you can find me at, at Marketing for Farmers. See you again soon, friend.